Now, I've got a lot of scriptures here in my iPad in this set of notes, and I fully do not expect or to not use, I don't, I fully expect to not use them all. But I'm going to need to use enough of them to get your, get the message across to you. So if you would stand, we're going to read from two places. First of all, from Psalms. Uh, chapter 9 and verse 17. One verse. This will not be the first time you've heard this verse. Psalms 9, 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Now, unless you just crawled out of a hole or out from underneath a rock or unless you are a human bear that's been in hibernation or you are the mythical fantasy Rip Van Winkle finally that's come awake after many, many years of being asleep. You have to be aware that this country has never been more anti-God and anti-faith in God than it's ever been in its history. And the prophecy of King David, who was also a prophet, is, not was, it is, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. And then Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And that, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. You may be seated. Title of this message, if you need a title, I don't normally title them in advance, but title of this message is Knowing the Time and Responding. Knowing the time and responding. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 says this. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so come as a thief in the night. You can now start my video. It is a video without sound. It's possible you may have, you may recognize some of this. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. They shall not escape. This is aerial video of the earthquake in Italy. 
just a few days ago. Following that will be aerial video of the flooding in Louisiana. Following that will be a video of tornado damage. Following that will be some video of tsunami. No scriptures right now. You can just look at the evidence. The evidence. I wonder how many children are still buried dead underneath this rubble. I wonder how many newlyweds didn't make it through any of these disasters. I wonder how many people that were planning on starting to school or college this year are no longer going to be able to do that. I wonder why. I I wonder how many. I wonder how many people, their lives were forever disrupted. I have not spent a lot of time in Louisiana, but I've driven through it and I've preached in it many times. But tens of thousands of homes destroyed. Virtually no one, private residences or businesses, had flood insurance. That means nobody is going to be helped to rebuild. Not a few people. The flooding, I was told, is approximately 75 miles wide and 150 miles long. People whose lives are completely and possibly for the rest of their lives altered. You look at these places, how many years will it be if for someone that stays in this area before their life will ever approach normalcy again by the, our definition of normalcy. How many people? How many years? How long will it be before a person will be able to go back to work again and worry about what our normal pressures are caused by? How many people? I wonder how many big time problems And excuses people had for not giving themselves to God before this flooding are so totally irrelevant. I wonder how many people that didn't have time to go to church because they were busy with life. I wonder how many of them now wished life would be normal again and they could make new decisions because it wasn't just the houses destroyed. Churches, church after church after church was destroyed. And they didn't have flood insurance either. You understand that? The only way most of these people could ever hope to have any kind of normalcy within the next 10 to 15 to 20 years again would be to move someplace else. Because this area will never, will not be restored in most people's lifetime. Just a few days is all it took. A weird storm. 30 inches of rain at one time. I came across some information today. It shocked me. 
Do you know there are more people in the United States that perish in floods than all other types of natural disasters combined? We think of the people destroyed or that die in hurricanes and tornadoes, struck by lightning, earthquakes. But in the United States, there are more people every year that die in floods than all other kind of natural disasters combined. So I guess from that perspective, right now so far, all they know of that I've been able to find, the death toll is around 13, which is a major, major miracle. But there's a lot of folks, people that don't know Jesus, that are in such despair, I'm sure some of them wish they wouldn't have been rescued. Because where do they go from here? You know, we're not talking about a traffic accident. We're not talking about a doctor saying you've got this or that. Insurance companies call these kind of things that you're seeing on the screen acts of God. Now, wait a minute, preacher. God is good. Yes, he is. And God is loving. Yes, he is. And God is kind. Yes, he is. And when he has to let stuff happen to get people's attention so that you and I will be reminded that this life is temporary at best. And that if you want to give all of your effort and all of your attention to this life and making it the best you can make it, it only takes about three days of 30 inches to rain to change your life forever. It only takes about 30 seconds of a 6.2 earthquake to change your life forever. It only takes a few seconds of a tornado coming through your area to change your life forever. Even if you're one of the ones on the edge of it and your house isn't damaged, everything you've known. And that swath of that hurt, that tornado is damaged. Sandy came up this way, hit New Jersey, all up and down the New Jersey course, uh, uh, coast. It will be years and years and years before it ever even remotely returns to normal. Why? 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 Listen to this. Listen, listen again. For when they shall cry peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I, I have had the opportunity to be with a wife on three occasions. Look at that. Look at that. If you've never gone on YouTube and watched what a tsunami does, it may be the most powerful destructive force on earth. People on vacation at a beach. And there was no place to run. There was no place to go. I have had the opportunity to be with a wife. My poor, poor wife. I don't know how she survived the first one that lived. I was so impatient. We tried everything. And she just patiently put up with me and cooperated, 
trying to get that baby to be born. I won't even begin to tell you the stuff that I talked her into trying. But let me tell you something. When those pains started, it wasn't one pain and it's over with. It was a labor pain and a little bit of rest and a labor pain, a little bit of rest. And, and those labor pains were birthing something. Is anybody listening to me? The Lord equated all of this to labor pains. And labor pains happen because it's birthing something. Something is being birthed. Something is being birthed in the earth. The nation that forgets God is going to be turned into hell. I'm an American. I was born in a naval hospital. I have served in the military. I am an American. I love America. I swore an oath to die for America if it ever came to that. I haven't changed my mind about that. But dying for America and dying for our current corrupt political system that blames everybody else for the troubles they cause. This is not a political statement. This is a statement of fact. And I'm more than willing for the, to sit, stand back patiently for time to prove this statement right. It doesn't matter who you vote for. We're done. We are done as a nation. We're done. It doesn't matter who you vote for. We're done. Freedoms that I have taken for granted in my life. No, 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 no. They're all going to be done for the common good. Used to, freedom of religion was one of the most sacred. But according to the verbiage of at least one of our presidential candidates, freedom of religion is way down the list of priorities. Well... <laughs> the Bible says the blood of the innocents will be required at the hands of those who shed innocent blood. If you're a pregnant woman and I shoot you and you and your fetus die, they won't charge me with homicide. They'll charge me with double homicide. If you're a pregnant woman driving in a car, and I do something recklessly and cause you to die, they will not charge me with manslaughter. They will charge me with double manslaughter. Because I've taken the life of a woman and her fetus. But that woman can take the life of her fetus. And it's a choice. Really? If a woman takes her newborn and throws it into a dumpster, if the baby lives, she'll be charged with child abuse. If the baby dies, she'll be charged with murder. But just some few weeks or a month or so before that, we now allow third trimester abortion 
And she can go and the, and the medical clinic can throw that same baby in a dumpster and it's legal. It's a choice. They said that's not a political statement. You understand something? You understand that's not a political statement? That's a moral statement. And the inconsistencies of our nation makes us responsible for it. And every person you've you voted for that stands for that, you're equally responsible for it. And because this country has elected them, every nation that forgets God's going to be turned into hell and every drop of innocent blood this nation is going to pay for. I, I, I love this country. I love this country. But I believe the word of God. Do you understand? That what the Word of God says today in our culture is more foreign and hard to believe than any generation that's ever lived in this country. You say, well, we've been here a long time. Really? Really? I don't even know how I add this up. This is the way my weird brain works. But I... I, I, I subtracted 1776 from 2016 and came up with 240 years. And I now am 70, which means I have lived 29 plus percent as long as the United States has even existed. One person, one life has existed almost one third as long as our entire nation's history. And we've gone to the peak, and we're going to the valley. Why is it that the book of Revelation, speaking of those things to come, speaks of the kings of the north, the kings of the east, the kings of the south, but the west is not one time mentioned in the Bible in regards to prophecy? If we're, quote unquote, the most powerful nation on earth, where do we go between now and then? What happens to us? What happens to us? The Lord has promised to do some things in the earth. He swore with an oath against his own deity to Abraham. If you've been around here very long, you've heard me teach and preach on that. If you want to hear it again, you can go to apostoliciron.com and click on Call to War 2016 briefing number four. And I've taught it all over again there. God's promised some awesome stuff. But get, give me, if you would, Romans chapter 9, verse 28. Let me read you something here. For he will finish his the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. The Greek word, no, stay right there. Not going anyplace else from that verse in Romans right now. The Greek word translated work in both places is not ergon, E-R-G-O-N, which is the normal noun, Greek noun for work. It is logos, which is translated in almost every other place, word. So let's just put word in there because it's logos. 
For he will finish the word and cut it short in righteousness. He's not going to cut the word short. He's going to cut the process to finish the word short. And that word, cut, that Greek word translated cut it short, means he's going to contract it. What normally would take X amount of time, he's going to contract all that down into a very abbreviated period of time. Why? Because what he's going to do is so awesome, nobody's flesh can stand that much glory of God without being tempted to touch God's glory. Something's happening in me, folks. Something's happening. I, 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 I'm at the place, and I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm at the place where the attendance of Antioch is only important in one reason. It gives some idea of how effective we are in our field of labor. But if you think there's anything in me at all, even the slightest anything in me, that is about building a church doesn't exist. There's one church builder, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm consumed with is preaching the gospel to every creature. So that every single individual who faces what's coming in the next short amount of time, will at least have had a chance. Will at least have had, had heard the gospel and made a decision for themselves. See, folks, it's not about whether or not you come to this church. If you're a guest here, we're so happy to have you. But it's not about whether you come here. If you want to come here, we would be thrilled for you to be a part of us. But it's not about that. I don't care where you go. I don't care what the name is on the sign outside. Literally. I don't care. The question is, do they preach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but truth? That's all that matters. I don't care what color the preacher is or what color or colors is in the congregation. I don't care what the name is on the outside. I don't care. I don't care. The question is, can you go to heaven from there? And what I hope and do believe that there are many places, not as many as you think, but many places that you can go to heaven from as the bishop of Antioch I have, I've got to answer to God for whether or not this is a place you can go to heaven from. Oh, I don't like this division. I don't like this dividing up. I don't like this. I don't like that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So if 30 inches of rain fell on your neighborhood tonight and you had to be rescued out of your house, how many of those things you think would be going through your mind tomorrow? Some of this stuff you're fussing about in your spirit. How many of those things would be a big deal if there was an earthquake in our area and everything that could be shaken was shaken? I've said it for years and it's true. 
Boy, people that live in Maryland in this particular area, oh, D.C., we are pretty smug. The few little earthquakes we've had, there's nothing to even, they're, they're more fun. I was standing with my two grandsons in my house a couple of years ago, and I, I felt a little something. It was weird, and I, I had my back to the window, and I looked up, and I'm thinking, this is weird. It looked like the house was moving. Not bad. We had severe damage. It popped a few sheetrock seams. Separated the joints of a few pieces of trim. Terrible damage. You see, we, nothing can touch us here. When's the last time a real hurricane got this far? Oh, we get a little bit of the wind and a lot of the rain, but it's nothing really bad, is it? And we've had a few tornadoes, just enough so we can say we had one. It may touch down, take a house or two. You know how shocking it is to people to see those cars floating in the water in Ellicott City a few days ago? That can't happen here. This is Maryland. We don't have natural disasters here. Really? 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 Jesus, help us. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. That day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of the light and the children of the day, and we are not of the night nor of the dark of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Because people with faith aren't going along with the flow of daily life, just, just you know, putting up with every little thing that comes along and fussing over every little thing. You know, the traffic is bad. Yeah, yeah, the traffic's bad. Do you see how bad the traffic was in Denham Springs in that video? Do you see those people trying to make their way on the highway through that water that was up in the floorboards of their vehicle and the only people that could get anywhere was the people with trucks and some boats? You say, it's not, oh, preacher, come on, come on. Hey, let me tell you something. It's easy to dismiss all that sitting in Maryland. But if you were in Louisiana, not so. Oh, we've had a little bit of water downtown Annapolis. I'm sure Baltimore and Harper's had a little bit of, a little bit of flooding and it only affects those people are after our money. Of course, you know everybody in business is after our money. Because we know that drug dealers on the corner, they give the drugs away because they're not after your money. And we know the guy behind the bar that's mixing your drink is giving all of that alcohol away because he's not after your money. And the people in the boutique selling the clothes that you can wear the labels on the outside so everybody knows what you bought, they're giving all that away because they're not after your money. They're not after your money. The car dealership's giving brand new cars away. Did you know that? Because they're not after your money. Real estate salesmen, 
They, they, hey, they'll give you a brand new house. Because they're not after your money. Oh, that's right. And the government provides all of these services with no taxes. Because they're not after your money. No, no, no. That's only the excuse we use. So we don't have to listen to the preacher that's warning us of the wrath to come. That's the excuse we use. So we can turn our hearing off. From the guy that's preaching stuff we don't like. Because we know the electric company supplies all this electricity free. Right. Verse 7. Wait, verse 6. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize that every person that's lost is going to hell against the word of God? Against the will of God? Against the desire of God? Against all God has done and supplied? Nobody is sent to hell by God. Everybody that goes, goes by their choice. Well, I don't want to go to hell. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, you know. You know. There's only been one virgin birth. So if you're, you get pregnant by your boyfriend or your girlfriend gets pregnant by you, it's not a miraculous conception. Somebody made a choice. Whether there's a marriage license or not, you made a choice. Oh, let's fix this sin and take that baby's life. Well, let me tell you what. The world's got counseling where they'll try to fix how horribly you hate yourself after the fact because they don't tell you about all of that. But only God is the one that can forgive you for, for having an abortion. Only God can ever give you peace over that. I don't know why I'm talking about abortion here tonight, except there's only like 1.3 million innocent lives taken every year. Every year. Legally taken. It's so amazing to me. You let somebody do some horrible crime and he gets sentenced to death and they're going to protest. They're going to protest capital punishment. Go protest it. It's not right to take life. Wait a minute. What's your position on abortion? Oh, that's a choice. All murder's a choice. That's why they call it murder. If it was an accident, it's manslaughter. If you made a choice, premeditated, it's first degree murder. Not premeditated, but you made a choice, it's second degree murder. And we've never been here before. Where one presidential candidate says, it's time 
for churches to change their position on this and line up with the government. In other words, they're going to tell, forget the Constitution. Forget what it says about freedom of religion, freedom of faith. The government's now going to tell you what's acceptable for you to believe. No. Well, you're talking about one person. No, 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 no. If the other one thinks he's going to save this country, he's out of his mind. There's only one Savior you can vote for, and that's the one you repent to. And thank God we don't have to have the government running an election for you to be able to have Him work in your life. (laughs) I don't know how I survived with any kind of possible sanity because in a homeroom in Maryland in 1963 and 64 we prayed every morning before school started how in the world did we just survive such brainwashing that destroyed us and make us such bad people because we know it's a terrible thing for prayer to be in schools So the majority dictates the minority of unbelievers dictate to the majority that want to believe. I I respect people's right to not believe anything. That's their right. But you don't have a right to tell me I can't believe. You don't want to pray in school? Fine. But you're going to tell me I can't pray? You don't have to bring a holy book to school, but you're going to tell me I can't bring a Bible to school? My own personal Bible? What is this, Saudi Arabia? Oh, the reference to that is it's illegal to have a Bible, and if you're even passing through their airport and not... not <laughs> Was that you that that happened to? Yeah. On your way to Pakistan, right? Way back. On the way back. They confiscated your Bible? Your passport. Because of what? Uh Uh-huh. Because it said you were a preacher. Because we know. who, Lord. Do you know in Russia right now? In Russia now, as of the 20th of July... It is illegal to talk about God even in the privacy of your own home. The only place you could talk about God is in a, in a government approved building. And you think this world's okay? Oh well, we all know that God is just a figment of my imagination. No, believing there's no God is a figment of my imagination. Believing there's no God is a figment of my own deceived imagination. Where did we get here? Well, that's the Big Bang. Yeah, and who set off the Big Bang? And who created the all the material that banged? Because this world 
can't get back to when there was nothing but God. They have no explanation for that. But they want us to stupidly follow along with their, their deceived ideas that there's no God. So an atheist says, well, then you don't believe I'm moral? Well, let me tell you what, if I was an atheist, I wouldn't be moral. Why? <laughs> if you're a, an atheist... What are you doing here? You ought to be out there living it up and staying out of jail as long as you can. Because there's no accountability except with a judge and a jury. And if you can avoid them. Wow. Tell your wife you're an atheist. That's why you can do whatever you want. Tell your husband you're an atheist. That's why you can do whatever you want. There's no accountability. Well, but I'm accountable to my wife and husband. Then you believe in some power, are you? Because if you're walking down the street and see, forgive me for putting it this way. If you're a man, you see a woman you're interested in, but you're married and you don't talk to her, you're submitting to a higher power. If you're a woman walking down the street, see a man you're interested in and you don't talk to him, you're submitting to a higher power. And if you're going to submit to that power, where'd that power come from? And let me tell you something. The greatest power I know of, second only to God, is right over there. For me. I'm not afraid of policemen. I don't want to be in trouble with her. What would she do? Stare. You mean she wouldn't scream and holler? Oh, I would to God she'd scream and holler. She would just stare until I wilted inside and began to repent for everything I had never done. Why? Because I love her. And she loves me. Oh, that's right. That's why I don't want to displease him. Not because of some law, but because he loves me. And I love him back. Well, churches have got so many rules, and you're going to the wrong churches. Because it's not about rules here. It's about relationship. The Word of God is not full of rules. The Word of God defines how to have a healthy relationship with God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, you come to the pulpit, you think what God's giving you, people going to shout over. And they stare at you. You come to the pulpit with something you think they're going to stare at you over. And you go, what's wrong with you folks acting like this? You're not supposed to be shouting over this. Okay, okay, all right, whatever. Thank God. 
Let me hurry you along here. Luke 17. You know, the good thing about using the iPad like this, I can't see the clock on it. <laughs> Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered in the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Everything seemed like it was normal until it started raining for the first time. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. You say, well, what's the big deal with that? Oh, let's see. What's the big deal? Sodom, sodomy. And the two angels that God sent to Lot to escort him and his family out of the city before the destruction, the men of the city gathered outside Lot's door and said, send those men out here to us that we may know them. And there is no, they didn't mean shake their hands and say, hope you're not enjoying the city. The intent of those men was to rape those two angels that were in the form of a man. And Lot says, don't do this. These men are under the protection of my house. Now, we're not going to understand this, okay? I don't understand this myself right now. But Lot said, here are my two daughters. Take them and do with them as you choose. But don't do this, this horrible thing to these two men. We don't want your daughters. We want the men. And the next day, it was a heap of ashes because of the sin. Next verse. Even thus... Shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed? Earthquakes don't give you any warning. Tornadoes rarely do. They, they describe that storm that hit Louisiana as, as a, the perfect storm. It sat. It didn't move through. It sat. You know, Mar uh, weather in Maryland is not like weather in North Carolina or Mississippi or Florida. On a day where there's no weather, you can have rain because it's hot. And there can be a rain. Here, there's got to be a system comes through. And we can predict, we can track that system coming. We know it's going to rain. It's going to rain everywhere. But you, that's not the case there. It can be raining, pouring buckets right here. And 50 feet away, the pavement's dry. And that's exactly what the scripture's saying here. Everything can seem absolutely normal to you this moment. Something's going to happen. I talked to my wife this morning. I shared with her things I'd been feeling in prayer. And you understand when I talk to her, she knows me. 
She knows I have faith. She knows I have peace. She knows I trust God. She knows there's no fear in me. I don't fear anybody's going to be God, but if I love God, then I don't have to fear him. But I told her, I said, babe, I'm going to tell you something right now. Whether it's a few days away, a few weeks away, a few months away, a couple of years away, things are about to dramatically change for everyone here, including us. Everyone in this country, and it's never going to be the same again. Do you, you understand that our grandchildren are never going to know the country we grew up in? They're not going to know it. Not going to know it. Well, you're not making me afraid, preacher, I know, because it takes faith to be afraid. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen with yet, seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. The only people that aren't disturbed by this are those that don't believe. Why are you disturbed, preacher? I'm not disturbed for me. You can't threaten me with heaven. You can't threaten me with heaven. I had a preacher call me this morning. Someone that you know. Man of God. Prays. Walks with God. Listens to God. He said, Brother Wright, I just wanted to call you. He said, the last few, last week or so, I've had such a spirit of heaviness on me for the east coast something is about to happen and he said i came into the church building this morning and picked up some mail that was delivered that i hadn't looked at and in it was a small envelope from a man i don't really know but this man wrote me this letter and this is based i'm summarizing what it said he said i had a dream that there was a nuclear device in a container on a container ship headed for New York City. Our government has decided not to disturb Americans with truth. Our current president made a lot of negative statements about really how bad off things were. You know, it, it can't be really that dangerous, can't be. And I understand he didn't know. But since he had his first briefing with the security people that detailed all the threats that were stopped, he's never made a statement since becoming president like he made before he was. Because he knows it's true. <laughs> God only knows how many 9-11s have been stopped. Because he's giving us some time. <laughs> Folks, those of you that live right here, we're, we're about 23 miles as the crow flies from the Capitol building.
There's two places on the East Coast that terrorists would like to hit. You know, I think they've kind of targeted them before, New York and D.C. Here you sit, here I sit. You think nothing's going to happen? Do you think the millions of people in this earth who hate, you know, you know this is, this is, this is really, it's, this would be rolling the floor hilarious if it wasn't so sad. There are people whose faith hate Americans and hate this country because they believe we're a Christian nation. Well, I can spare a whole lot of people in America from terrorist attacks. Hey, this is not a Christian nation anymore. So you don't have to attack us. Because we're not a Christian nation. And this is not a Christian government. Some of you cannot believe that I'm not a negative person. I'm not. I'm not a negative person. I'm not an alarmist. But somebody's got to warn those that'll listen. Oh, Jesus. Luke 21. 25, please, Brother Adam, I'm moving down there. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations. And upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, when these things begin to come to pass, not when they're all finished, when they begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all the, see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. For verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. When it starts, it's not going to be drug out for decades. And if you're so emotionally and mentally married to this world that you can't conceive of not being able to get up in the morning and doing whatever you want to do, going where you want to go, boy, have you got a shock coming. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. That's overeating. That's the sluggishness that's produced by over, overeating, which overcharges our hearts. And drunkenness, which overcharges our hearts. And how about this one? And the cares of this life. 
People whose hearts are stressed out physically because of all the trouble and problems they have that they don't have answers for. So that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, it shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. And to stand before the Son of Man. Second Peter chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you. In both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. That ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first. That there shall come in the last days scoffers. I say this with all kindness, but it's true. Some of you sitting in this room right now have fulfilled the scripture. Some of you even today have fulfilled the scripture. That there shall come in the last days scoffers. Why do people scoff at God? Why do people mock faith in God? Because they're walking after their own lusts. They don't want anybody telling them what to do. And so therefore, they convince themselves to deny all divine authority and accountability so that they can live according to their own lusts. And here's what they say. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Well, isn't the stock market up there? And don't we, hey, there can't be anybody in this room out of a job because according to the government, the unemployment's really low. That's what the government says. So if you don't have a job, you're an anomaly. You're, you, you don't, you don't register on the government's Scale, because the government says everybody's got jobs that wants them. Everything's going along just fine. It's fine. I know we've had some problems and, and stuff's boiling the surface, but we quickly deny all of that. Let's push that back down. Let's don't deal with the problem. Let's don't deal with the strife. Let's don't deal with the discontent. No, no, no. Let's, let's squash that down. Let's get the peace going again. So we can go back to our denial. On the night of our first service at our building in Baltimore, City Councilman Carl Stokes was in the building. Everything I know about the man from his past, great man. Civil rights leader, fought for people's rights, stood up for all that, and now is in a position of helping to make the laws. He was kind enough to be a part of that service that night. We were sitting there with a group that looks like this. 
And I looked over at Councilman Stokes and I said, Sir, I appreciate everything the government tries to do. But the government and laws can't produce this. There's no social programs that can produce this. Only the Spirit of God can bring people together from such diversity and have them love one another and respect one another and treat each other kindly. Only God can do that. There's not enough laws, not enough patrols, not enough benefits. I'm not saying we don't need laws or we don't need benefits to try to help people out. That's not what I'm preaching about. I'm just simply saying... You can't fix what's wrong at the heart of this country by laws and government. It's a spiritual problem. Oh, there's a couple of you don't like that. I'm not trying to be offensive. Tell them the truth. You know it's the truth. There's no such thing as separate but equal. Because if we're separate, we're not equal. You heard what I said. Oh, and that's not new rhetoric. I've been preaching that in this city from this pulpit, not this pulpit, but pulpit of this church for 46 years. That's not new. It's not some new thing I've suddenly come up with. I got history to prove. I believe this with all my heart. Oh, I'm going to get really plain right now, okay? Well, you, I can't believe you because the color of your skin, really. Well, I guess my accent's hurting me too, isn't it? Bottom is bottom line is you're not looking at my heart or my history. I said they're not looking at my heart or my history. Why? Because we didn't come to this church, this town, 46 years ago, 24 and her 19, with no church, nobody here to welcome us. We didn't come here to start a church. Of one color. We didn't come here. To reach a certain type of people. Rich or poor. Educated or uneducated. Certain culture or whatever. We didn't do that. (laughs) Oh Lord have mercy. I got the proof of this too. I got witnesses here. Do you know where we did most of our evangelism? Not in the rich sections of the area. Bywater. Harbor House. Newtown. Freetown. Mead Village. Pioneer City. Why? Because that's where the Lord sent us.
Because a soul is a soul is a soul. And these statements tonight could get me killed one day. Because there are people that don't want to hear this. They're saying, where's the promise of this coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. There is no more deceptive lie to tell yourself then everything is going to keep on going like it's always gone. There's no more deceptive lie that you can tell yourself than everything's going to keep on going like it's always gone. For this they willingly are ignorant of. Scoffers and mockers are ignorant, but they're willingly ignorant. Not stupid. Stupid and ignorance two different things. Stupid means you don't have the capacity. Ignorant means you choose to ignore. You don't want to know the facts. You don't want to know the truth. This, for this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved under the fire against the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. He's not neglectful concerning his promises. Some men count or consider or estimate slackness. But it's long-suffering to usward. Why? Hasn't God done anything yet? Oh. Why hasn't God done anything yet? Why? The very reason that people scoff and mock, they don't even understand what they're scoffing and mocking at, is their salvation. But he, but God is long-suffering to usward. Why? Why hasn't he done anything yet? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not delaying what appears to be delay. His the fulfillment of his word. God is giving you time and me time to repent. Not live like you're living and doing what you're doing and keep on doing your thing. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works of therein shall be burned up. Oh, preacher, you believe that? Nah. Just with everything in me. Oh, the earth is a mess. Yeah, we've ruined it. We have done a really good job of ruining it. 
And if you think all of our conservation efforts can fix it, you're wrong. There's only one thing going to fix it. The creator's going to build a new one. It's in the book. I asked him this morning. I said, okay, there's going to be people on the earth alive. Where are they going when you do this new heaven and new earth? The answer is so simple that you kind of do one of those numbers. You ever heard of the great white throne judgment? It's not on the earth. Every person that's ever lived is going to stand before this judgment seat of God. And that in, in heaven, wherever that is, I don't know where that is, but it's not on earth. And while that's going on, a brand new heaven and a brand new earth is going to be created for the saved from the great white throne judgment to live on. I read something today I'd never, I'd never noticed before. This new earth, it's not going to have any oceans. Bible says that there shall be no more sea. You say, well, the Mediterranean is a sea. No, as a mariner, a sailor, a Navy guy, we understood the phrase. We sailed the seven seas. That makes the Atlantic a sea, the Pacific a sea, the Indian Ocean a sea. What's going to happen to this? It's all going to pass away. I got a question for you. Scientists have proven that the earth is constantly heating up inside. We don't have any way to cool that off. And this rash of volcano, volcanic activity that, that seem, that, that just seems to be progressing. If you look at statistics on that, there are more earthquakes, which is the earth heating up and so therefore shifting. More than ever before. And the volcanic eruptions are, are greater than they've been in, in, in millennia. Well, I got a question. How much hotter can all this get and stay together? Preacher, you believe that? <coughs> uh, yeah. With everything in me. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. <coughs> this was written over 1900 years ago. There was nothing going on in that world that would give somebody the reason or, or the logic to write something like this? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless and account. Or come to this accounting decision. You've... You've counted it up, you've calculated it out, and you've come to this, this answer from your calculations. An account 
that the Lord long suffering of our Lord is salvation. An account that the long suffering of our God is salvation. I'm almost done. It's not even eight o'clock. Wow. Nobody comes to church at six, expects to go home at eight. Well, you might, but you need to pray through. So, Some of you have heard this. My apologies. This is what the Lord says. This is what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm up early praying it in the morning of March the 29th. I'm praying the things that Jesus taught us to pray. I'm praying for people, saved and unsaved. I'm praying for, praying for all of them. Not because I'm special, but because he's special and he's looking for somebody to pray through. And he, every, everybody's a candidate for that, you understand. And he said to me the word solemn assembly. And I went to my Bible and I looked it up. I knew where, where the chapter was. It was Joel chapter two, one of the smaller prophetic books of the Old Testament. And I began to read Joel chapter two, verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him, him, repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Very briefly, you read that verse. It says, nobody's got an excuse. Nobody's got an excuse. Well, I can't gather. I've got, I've just had a baby. I can't gather. We just got married. I can't get married. I'm an elder. I'm, I'm frail. Have somebody carry you. Verse 17, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thine heritage to reproach. That the heathen should roll over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Now, if you're God, and all this that you created is mocking you on a daily basis scoffing at you and your word on a daily basis. The only way they even use your name is blasphemously as a curse word. If you talk like that, you got a problem. I'm praying every day that whenever the name of Jesus comes out of your mouth and it's not said with reverence and respect, when the word Christ comes out of your mouth that it's not meant with reverence and respect as a prayer, or confession of faith, or the word Lord or God comes out of your mouth and you're using it as profanity or whatever. I am loosing the spirit of the fear of the Lord upon you every day. That when that stuff comes out of your mouth, as the Bible describes it, your loins would be loosed and your knees would smite together for fear in realizing that you are defaming and profaning
the most powerful and important name in the universe. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. So when you're using the name Jesus or the titles that describe him, Christ or Lord or God, and you're using it as profanity, as vulgarity, as blasphemy, you are defaming and undermining the only name that can save you. And for mercy's sake, not vengeance, mercy, I pray that from this night forward, when those names come out of your mouth in your anger or your defiance and vulgarity, that the spirit of the fear of the Lord would come upon you and shake you to your core. Well, what if it doesn't happen? Oh, God. If it doesn't happen, it means he's already given up on you. How would you feel if your first name was somebody's curse word? How would you feel about that? You'd be better off using your own name as a curse word than using his name as a curse word. The Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. We're going to be judged by ever blasphemous use of his name. Why wouldn't we be? This prayer, Joel chapter 2 verse 17. I was reading through this and realized it was a, a war, a prayer of spiritual warfare. Not against people, against religions, against governments, but against demonic powers in the earth. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to call for a 24-hour worldwide prayer chain for a week of warfare during Call to War. Well, Call to War starts on Monday night, October the 24th, and we're going to go through Saturday night, October 29th. We already have 18 time zones, people in 18 time zones committed to pray from 7 to 10 p.m. in their time zone. Four of those time zones we don't have Two in the Atlantic, two in the Pacific, and there's almost nobody lives in them. So this call to war is not going to be a seminar. It's going to be prayer, directed prayer. So during the day, when we're not, when we used to have sessions, there are going to be people that are going to volunteer, the ones that volunteer, to cover those time zones, and other people throughout the earth are going to agree to help us cover those time zones so there really is prayer going on 24 hours a day, but not just any prayer. This prayer. This prayer. This prayer right here. The Hebrew word translated spare there means cover. Covering is what you pray over God's people when it's time for warfare. It's a similar idea to putting on the whole armor of God that you can stand in the battle, according to Ephesians 6. Spare thy people, O God. Give not thine heritage to reproach, because that's what's going on in our world today. (laughs) 
Because if you're a Bible-believing Christian, you are an outcast in our world today. Government, media makes fun of you. They mock you. If you tell people you believe the Bible, they automatically think there's something wrong with you mentally in our world today. That's called reproach. And it's a prayer that God would not give his heritage over to the reproach of this world. And get this, let not the heathen rule over them. Matthew 28 and 18 says, all power. And the Greek word there is not dunamis, but exousia, which is authority. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. That's what Jesus said. He never gives authority away. He only imparts it to fulfill secular and spiritual offices. So every judge, every president, king, parliament, congress, every governor, every mayor, every county executive, every dad, Every parent, every pastor, every policeman, every military person, anybody using authority, that's not their authority. It's God's authority. And if they're using that authority in an unrighteous manner, they're in trouble with God. Whether you're a dad abusing your authority with your wife or your child, your, your children, whether you're a parent, mom or dad abusing your authority with your children, a pastor abusing his authority with his people, the president, the governor, the mayor, anybody that's policemen, military people that are abusing the authority that's not there that theirs that belongs to God and they're doing unrighteous with it and they're treating people unrighteously with that authority the curse of our God is upon them that's book do you hear me any civil authority any police authority any military authority, any spiritual authority that is using God's authority that has been delegated to them for their job, that's using it for their own selves, for their own prejudices, for their own uh, uh, benefit, for their own gain, lording it over people, the curse of God is upon them. The judgment of God is on them and they will be held accountable. Well, that's what judges and courts are supposed to do. Yeah. But we've known for years that our laws and our courts and judges, it, there's some that are righteous, but the way our laws are set up, justice is rarely truly done. I'm not, I'm not dismissing the righteous person who is truly trying to do what's right, not for themselves, but for, for the people they're responsible for. 
But the ones that aren't, God have mercy on them. I pray almost every day the curse of God upon every person with authority that is unrighteously using that authority. Do you really? Absolutely I do. Because that authority, whether it's a dad, a mom, a pastor, a civil official, a policeman, military person, etc., etc., etc. Anybody that's got authority is actually representing God, or at least supposed to. And if they're not representing God, they're in trouble with him. Preacher, I never heard anything like that in my life. Well, I don't know who you've been listening to then. That's not new either. Spare thy people, O Lord. Give not thine heritage reproach. Let not the heathen rule over us. Why should they say, where's your God? Where's your God? So Antioch, those of you that will, if you want to hear more about this, I'm not going to take this service and everybody's time for this. You go to apostoliciron.com. There are five video briefings there. I suggest you watch them in order that will discuss all of this. That's the way the Lord told me to communicate with the world. And people all over the world are watching those videos. And you don't have to come to this building to pray. You don't have to watch the live stream of these prayer meetings to pray with us. You just need to commit to pray with us and pray. Are we going to wait till then to pray? I'm not. What's the purpose? There is going to be a worldwide, round the world, 24-hour-a-day prayer chain for a week. Now, if you've got any faith in here, you're going to want to be a part of that. Well, I got stuff planned. Your loss. Sorry. I don't mean that unkind. Your loss. Well, I don't feel that, brother, right? That's not a problem either. I understand where that's coming from, and that's fine too, because I really would rather you not be here. Because we don't want somebody here who doesn't believe it is not going to participate. And I don't mean that unkindly. No pressure for anybody to come. Don't come unless it's your faith. Don't participate. The one thing we are going to do is we're going to prepare for that week of warfare with following Daniel's 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're not going to fast straight through without food for 21 days. Some have, some will, but that's not what's being asked for. Some kind of fasting every day that you will for those 21 days. Just fasting? No. Daniel repented for himself and for the people of God. The world is in the condition it's in today. Not because of the world, but because of the church. The church has failed the world. The church has gotten way too involved in building 
beautiful buildings and having the most awesome choir and the most eloquent preacher and, and something everybody can brag on being a part of. And the church doesn't pray. As a basic rule. Oh, there's exceptions, thank God, to that rule. But prayer is the lowest priority of easily 70, 75% of everybody in this country who claims they're a Christian. And if prayer is your lowest priority, then you're only a Christian in name. You're not, you're not a Christian in salvation. Prayer is the number one priority for people with faith. Because prayer is the only thing that can help us through what's coming on this earth. It is the will of God for the church to be prayed up so that we can make it through this and by God's help and direction. Not so we can be spared to go live in some comfortable place. But so we can make it through this for the purpose of preaching the gospel to every creature. So whoever's going to play, would you come please? Hell is a long time. Forever doesn't end. It's bad enough for somebody to know what all is required and to choose to walk away from God. But the terrible thing to me is for anybody to go to hell because nobody ever preached to them. I am not called and neither is any church or preacher called to be your savior. There's only one savior. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one that can save you and that's Jesus. No church and no preacher can save you. Only Jesus can save you. I'm going to say that again. There's no preacher and no church that can save you. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how sweet they are. I don't care how moral they are. I don't care how nice their building is, how great their programs are, how awesome their singing is, how eloquent the preaching is. No preacher can save you. No church can save you. There's only one being who died on the cross and shed his blood for us and he's the savior and nobody else is the savior and that's why the Lord did not call preachers to build churches he gave the preachers and the churches the responsibility to preach the gospel to every creature because I can't bear the thought of anybody going to hell that didn't have a chance because I failed. Because I didn't preach to them. I can't bear that thought. I am fully prepared to go to heaven and be surprised that some folks that showed up that I didn't even remember preaching to. But I was one of many voices. and They thanked me there. And I don't even remember preaching to him. Never saw him again. One time, pass by God's divine appointment. Try to preach what God is trying to say. They go their way, I go mine. But God works through them. And that word and other word that he's put in their lives through other preachers. 
and brings them to a place of salvation and they make it. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. There is nothing in this world more important to me than that. Nothing. Nothing. If you're here tonight, I I cannot close this service without giving you an opportunity to pray. In fact, I tell you what, let's all just Let's just pray together right now. Right where you're sitting, let's just pray. You, well, I don't know what to say. Well, you don't have to say anything out loud where anybody can hear you, but move your lips. <laughs> Speak what you're feeling, but tell God how you feel right now. If you're angry about all this, tell Him. Lord, I'm angry about all that. I, 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 I want a chance to live my life. I want a chance to do whatever. Well, I understand that. But there's more people in history that never had a chance to live their life the way they wanted than there are that did. Bottom line is, the Lord wants you to have a chance. Father, help us. Speak to us, Father. Move in our hearts, Father. Speak to us, Father. We need you. We need you, Father. We don't understand. We're trying to understand. We want to believe, but for some of us, this sounds so far-fetched. Would you visit us? Would you make yourself known to us in Jesus' name? So many of us, our hearts are empty, Father. There's a big hole in our spirits. We don't even know what it's from. We don't understand what we're looking for. We've been, we've spent many years of our lives trying to fill that hole, Father. We didn't, we don't even know what it is. We don't know what's wrong with us. We just know that deep down inside there's an emptiness. Father, I'm asking you to make yourself known to each person in this building that's got an emptiness like that. With your gentle love and sweet spirit. Would you, would you make yourself known to them that they might understand that you and you alone can fill the emptiness in the human spirit, the human soul? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He loves you. There's not anything you've ever done he can't forgive you of if you would ask him. Oh, preacher, you don't understand. I've done stuff nobody can forgive me for. I can't forgive me for it. I'm telling you right now, there's nobody that can forgive you but Jesus. But there's nothing that you've ever done He can't forgive you for. If you would but ask Him, He'll forgive you. There's precious ladies in this room that have had abortions. I know I got too close to home to you tonight, but... Hey, He will forgive you of aborting your baby. He'll take that pain away. He'll give you the hope that you can see that child again. If you just let Him. That's 
that gentle, sweet feeling you've got right now. That's the presence of Jesus. That's the love of God touching your heart and life if you just let Him. He's not going to bowl you over. He's not going to strong arm you. He makes Himself known to you. And He's willing to give you a chance to know Him. That sweet, gentle spirit you're feeling right now. That's the love of God. That's God trying to make Himself known to you. Why don't you let Him do that? Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. The Bible says we should pray one for another. Let's, let's pray for somebody close by. Let's pray, let's pray for each other here for a minute. Let's pray for one another here for a minute. Let's do that. Could we? Come on. Come on, let's pray for each other. I don't know what to say. That's okay. Just do the best you can. Help my friend, Lord. Help my brother. Help my sister. Help my husband. Help my wife. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us, Father. We need you, Father. We need you, Father. We can't face the world the way it is or the way it's going to be without you. We need your love. We need your peace. We need your strength. We need you, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Let's really pray. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this room. The Spirit of the Lord is working in this room. Let's pray. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. baby preacher the same one that allowed you to get pregnant is the same one that can protect that child come on we need to trust God we need to trust God he's our father he loves us let's trust him let's let him help us to trust him Come on, church, find somebody to pray for. If there's nobody really close to you, there's people praying all over this building. Find somebody to pray with. Come on. Let's, don't, let's just don't pray with each other, church. Come on. 
Let's pray for our friends, our guests.